I'm here with Just again, Just David. I think we just had a discussion yesterday, correct? And uh, Yeah, um, yesterday I, I wanted to try to relieve my own personal sense of shakenness about the Las Vegas, you know, um, atrocity, and, um, which is still actively shaping our culture, reshaping our culture. Um, I, 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 found a, I found an interesting video. Um, I was Googling around, tracking a story yesterday. And, and I mean, it's not like incredibly revealing other than to point out how much this is not a new thing. But there was a, um, in 1975, something going on with Gerald Ford and, uh, and gun control. And the talking points had not changed. The, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm sitting here listening to Walter Cronkite tell today's story. You know, and, and, and this stuff is on YouTube. But, uh, <laughs> um, but other stuff is on YouTube, too. And, you know, I considered it to be pure entertainment for so long. Um, and I realized that there are a healthy community of activists on there that use the freeness of the, the, that platform. And there's, of course, lots of other platforms, and the smart ones are always encouraging you to migrate with them off to something else. But, man, I wish they'd <laughs> find a standard or whatever because my, my phone can only hold so many apps. But um, where, where am I rambling with this? The pursuit of truth wherever it leads. And so if you feel like that's a strategy... I felt like that's a strategy that I needed to embrace um, yesterday, um, as well as you know, in general in my life um, for <laughs> decades. Um, when there's a mystery and, and I'm on it, um, follow the lead where it goes, and what so that sometimes leads to is a drastic change of of subject. So yesterday I talked a lot about my personal. You know, I'm just a guy in a situation in America. My personal take on uh, what the big, um, the big story is with Vegas. And then um, just basically through navigating to the next thing that came up and taking time with my own life and family and having breathers and, and, and whatnot. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to bed now. Okay, fuck it. I'll just watch one more video. And I go to the, it would have been the autoplay link after the one that I had just watched. And it broke me in half. Um, I, I mean, as emotionally, it, it, the information contained in there was so pinpoint targeted to my situation that I received a very large chunk of, um, what seems like clear understanding, although I'm open to the possibility that that it's you know partially delusion, you know time will time will help sort that out. But uh, um, I, I feel like I know who I am. Um, I didn't grow up with my own parents. I do not have a family name that's connected to uh, people that birthed me, and this is all thanks to the Child Protective Services um, that took me into custody with the. Um, law enforcement officers in uh, um, 1974, 
And then I was um, released from my quote unquote adopted home where I was told uh, from the age of seven until 18 that these are your parents, this is your family, this is where you belong. And then as soon as I graduated high school, the, the <laughs> belonging got up and left one day while I was out. Um, and uh, so um, that left me super, super bitter, you know, starting adult life at the age of 18 with not even so much as somebody who knew me, who was older than me, that I could say, hey, what's up? Um, so that's a part of a circumstance that has left me ideally suited to a lifestyle of just doing things my own way, finding out what's best and, and um, not being too concerned about what the main flows are. Um, and I was not expecting at all to, to find myself involved in a mystery that might involve myself. And I, and I, I realized post-processing it, I mean, I, it, this, I, I was broke down crying to the point where I was having to really feel responsible about keeping my volume to the point that I'm not bothering neighbors at 2 a.m. But, um, and I'd already talked to friends um, online and in person and, and annoyed them with my, you know, full moon fever, so to speak. Um, and I'm sure nobody wanted to hear. So I, I called my boss. And he dropped everything, came over middle of the night and got me comforted, bought me a pack of cigarettes and, and went home. And said, yeah, yeah, I'll still be there on Monday. Um, and uh, so I, I was completely unaware that there was a thing called a CPS corruption scandal. And um, so I've been looking at that a little bit when I can for the last, you know, 18 hours or so. And... Uh, I only discovered about 20 minutes ago that most of these stories were posted in 2011, which was the year before my two daughters were taken. Um, and you know, you can't kick yourself for ignorance too much. There, I didn't really, I, I didn't, I, I didn't even know how the internet could be used at that point. Certainly, the social angle of it was something I hadn't found a way to, to make any productive use of. Um, but that whole news story did not get publicized toward me, and I walked into a known trap, which I'm quite certain is still functioning in exactly the same way. And the court 12 blocks from my house that has taken the legal action to remove my parental rights and remove their rights to to have a home um, could be reversed under some set of circumstances that you know I'm not sure how I'm going to access but um, because of the actions of a community that I don't know that's put information online I feel pretty clear about the fact that I don't have to feel ashamed of myself or think I'm a bad parent or think that any of my errors are disqualifying or that any of that whole experience, including the, the brainwashing of my sister slash their now foster mother, um, actually initially initiated the whole event. Um, that somebody, somebody here in Missouri talked to her in such a way as to amplify some sense of hazard about my lifestyle, which she knew nothing about. And the reason she knew nothing about my lifestyle because consistently for years when we'd visit her and I'd be 
trying to say, hey, I, I'd like to bring you in into my side of town, like meet a couple people and, and say, look, this is my sister. I have a family. Um, she she would blow it off every time. One time she came in to the, to the coffee shop where I worked for 10 years and where a lot of my friends were, and she d sat down, glued her attention on me personally, uh, consumed a cup of coffee in about 25 minutes and got up and had to go. Um, it absolutely refused to, to accept that I am in a lifestyle, that not one like hers, but that I am plugged into a part of the world that she doesn't have the right to say he's a foreigner to me. I don't know um, how to get a hold of him, um, which I, she actually put out a missing persons report on me about three months before the set of Facebook exchanges with my wife that absolutely amounted to direct personal intimidation. You want things to not be really shitty for your kids, then you're going to take this. They tried um, separating her from me. There were nine, nine different ways, four or five different agencies that I can count that put in their major contribution, oh, everything would be good as long as you two are no longer a couple, um, which I... I have to believe is, is, is complete bullshit. Um, I, I've, not, <clears throat> I've not seen any evidence that there is ever any intention here except to take these kids and put them in the system. Because as numbers, the more kids are in the system, the more that system is, is fed with that earmark of, of government and corporate money. Um, and it, I mean, the, the obvious thing, the incredibly obvious thing is all of these programs that poor people that have gotten sucked into the system, maybe by violating a small law or maybe just because a neighbor didn't like them and called in, which I kind of feel like is my situation, and that neighbor that didn't like me is actually my sister, and I feel stupid for not realizing that she was an enemy before this all took, took place. But... Uh, um. It's a process of intimidation, and I turned on YouTube and I watched it play out in front of this family and this family and this family and this family, heard the grandparents talk, heard the um, parents talk, heard the foster parents talk, heard the kids talk when they get old enough to be able to talk like, you know, 14, 15, they have a really strong understanding and sense of what's going on with them. The preponderance of um yeah I, I don't even want to call it sexual abuse i mean it's straight up trafficking when you take a person who has been put against their own will and against their family's will into state custody come in at unannounced hours dress them up take them to a freaking party and get them fucked and bring them back and threaten them and put them on drugs so that they won't ever tell, talk to anybody about it um and yet some of these some of these young people have put a lot of effort into talking about it um and the things they have to say i honestly i i've just been i've i've got a set of interests you know of um and it never really occurred to me that there might be some substance to this story that would be meaningful to me if i plugged into it so boom i dived i dived in and got hit 
right, right off the bat. Yeah, uh, this highlights, you know, one of the dangers of the system, one of the biggest traps that the system has is that anybody can just call authorities at any time and then call them over and police will show up and they'll do a really shitty investigation, if any, if any investigation at all, and then they'll drag you into court and then the court will uh, feel like it's their job or they, they, a lot of them know what they're doing, but anybody can just call and report a person for a crime and now that person's in really deep shit because these uh, gang members, which is what they are, the police and the courts and CPS, they're all big cult members. They will, part of their script is to just uh, take every phone call seriously. That any, anybody who wants to file an investigation, they, they'll do it and then they will just insert themselves into strange, total strangers' lives and feel like they need to somehow sort out problems for people who they know absolutely nothing about. And it just consistently leads to uh, good people being totally fucked over because we have these control freaks that want to somehow dominate a bunch of strangers that they know nothing about. Like, how, how is the court supposed to know anything about the situation going on with you or your wife or your sister? I mean, they had never even met y'all until, until one of them came up and, and told them. And then they'll do silly things like uh, their rules say if they can just hire a psychologist and declare that one of the persons is unfit to be a parent for any reason, and they can come up with it's all their rules. Well, they, what they do here in Springfield is that they they hire a lawyer, and and this could be nationwide. I don't know, but um, I can't remember the specific legal name of it. And I and you know it makes me sick to try to speak courtroom language anyway. But um, but I went and and met with this. Um, you know, I almost want to say lady because you know she was polite and fairly dignified and female. Um, but she's she's not you know she's a monster and she um gave me all kinds of assurances that any information that i shared with her would be applied to her role of um making sure that those kids were coming back home with me and therefore i was fairly liberal in what i shared with her um i don't feel like i have anything to hide in my life um and uh, um, and I, I don't know if I was sharp enough to bring it up that day or not, but I, it, it seemed like I was led to the edge of the slippery slope that made me feel like I was speaking under attorney-client privilege. Um, that she introduced herself legally as the attorney of my daughters, and it was never legally made clear to me that my daughters at that moment were already property of the state. I didn't learn that until yesterday. Oh man, so, uh, so I don't know why somebody would willfully turn their own children over to CPS or the state. I mean, that sounds like an irresponsible thing to do unless yeah. you're, if you're just a horrible parent and somehow you think the state is gonna do a better job than you, well, I don't know how you got to be such a terrible parent, but that's basically an act of traitor treachery, you know. If if I if 
I don't see just how you can justify that in your own mind. Well, at at, at the beginning at the beginning of all this, um, I was living in a, a fairly uh, fairly depressed economy, small town in Northern California, and I was a newcomer there, and a whole lot of people were jobless, and I was jobless for a lot. Uh, most of the time I was there, I did like odd jobs and stuff, but um, um, and my daughters were getting bigger, two and three years old, um, and uh, um, and we were living on government assistance, which, in my opinion, is also a invitation to let them fuck you in every way, but uh, <clears throat> but I wanted desperately to get a job, and. Um, I went out to a couple of nearby towns on a kind of an extended journey on foot and bicycle to, you know, discover for myself um, what opportunities there might exist. And uh, so I was outside, distant from the house, physically away for four days in a row in Northern California and during those four days my wife and my sister had extremely intense Facebook conversations that um, I was dragged into every time I plugged in and got online every time I got a hold of my wife which I was doing regularly um, I find out hey this is an emergency situation and and I kind of interpreted that that she was kind of freaking out unnecessarily I'm like I, Check it out. I'm not even where I'm going yet, and you want me to turn around and rush back? This 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 will work out. And what what happened was in the in the hours between one contact and another, an agreement was made between my two sisters and my wife that on a friendly family basis, my wife was overstressed and needed a break, and my sister was going to watch our kids for thirty days, and um. After, and 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 then we were going to have our kids back. Um, there was essentially a constant move of chaos, where my wife and I neither could tell what was going on. Um, my sister was moving with a lot of money and confidence and speed, flying this way and that and renting cars, knowing full well that we were doing everything we could to keep our rent paid, and uh, and. Um, muscled us with unseen parties, had prepared legal paperwork that they asked me to sign as soon as I got there, and ended up coercing me to sign eventually. Um, and, be, and in the midst of all the chaos, um, my wife didn't feel confident to leave her hometown for the first time ever and travel halfway across the country. So I came over here with the kids, and um, I stayed with them for about 15 to 18 days um, at my sister's house, and uh, at the end, and at the end of that time, my wife told me that, that she felt a lot better. Um, you know, um, having stress based on difficult parenting situations in a poverty setting, and lots of love and very little support from the places that would make a difference, um, and the people that we didn't know. But, um, um, so she's, she stayed out there and, and she got her rest and we were talking on the phone pretty much every day. And, uh, after about three weeks, I, uh, took the train back out to California to connect with her so we could ride back out here together. 
And during that five days, that second period of time that I was physically absent from my kids, four days to look for work, five days to go get my wife and bring the family back together, were presented in court as abandonment. Um, it was it was stated that they had no idea how to get a hold of either one of us. While we were Facebooking as primary form of communication between their my sister and her husband, my wife and I, we were in touch. And it's on the legal record that they had no way of getting a hold of me. Um, that I, I feel like that missing persons report from three months earlier was an attempt to uh, present that, to back that up. But that didn't even have to happen because um, the intimidation inside the courtroom um, was to the point that I had to admit, yeah, I've only arrived um, in this town that I grew up in, but I've only but have been living away from for a decade. Um, I've been here for 30 days, and no, I have not yet put together a situation to where I can adequately physically provide for these kids, um, as well as my sister and who has been who currently have a stable home. I did not understand the legal ramifications of what I was saying. Um, I to. All of my trying, I had not succeeded in um, securing a lawyer. And now, looking five years back on it, realize that every aspect of that pattern is something that they can do anywhere, anytime they want, in any town. And there are thousands of people who are involved in a part of this story and, and fighting it or, or telling stories about it or just not understanding like me and suffering from it um, so that's I, I did not know that that aspect of my life was really meant that but they say the truth sets you free and honestly I, I feel like I feel like I've been washed inside and out between yesterday and today and and I'm kind of not trying to get too carried away as far as trying to interpret the meaning of it all or how life fits together that stuff should happen like that but uh, um, I also want to try to preserve the sense of confidence that I have at this moment um, well it, it is good to get it all out um, it's definitely helpful even on the internet's a little bit different than just person to person because internet potentially other people can hear it too and it's just I think it's a nice outlet but Another thing about the system is that they sort of create this problem for people of not being able to provide for your own family because of their constant demands that and money system. Oh, um, absolutely. Um, when uh, um, when we were at a situation where we just needed to put a roof over our head and have food to eat, um, I. And my wife, my wife and I were not married yet at the time, but but we were we were a couple, and um, I've never felt that I had the right or authority to order her to do as I say. Never even tried. Um, but she felt like uh, applying for public aid was the thing to do, and I said I, that's not the way to win. Even though it's small, we can get through this, you know, just by connecting and working and. Uh, you know, mowing lawns or whatever to, to get through, and, and it'll get better. 
Um, but we got on the we got on the public assistance, and completely mandatorily a part of that in her program was the working of a large number of other programs. Many hours, she, she was spending better than 10 to 12 hours per week going to half dozen um, different, basically class, they call them classes, but anybody that's ever had a half of an education realizes it's, it's a group of people that they're collecting 50 bucks a head from um, to sit in a room and stare blindly at this mimeograph sheet while the you know ten dollar an hour worker sits at the front of the room and reads the whole thing um again and again and again you sign your name on the sheet you can take it to your worker you get not penalized for having shown up um there's no benefit to it there's you're all everybody's working for not being penalized um and <laughs> well they don't tell people these little aspects of the system until it happens to you and then you realize how fucked everything is like you don't it's, I've never heard of this before you get on public aid and now all of a sudden you have to go to hours and hours of totally pointless classes I mean that sounds like a bureaucratic setup but I just would have never imagined it would be that way the the laws and the practices are different in different places you go and I'm sure that you know on a certain organizational level maybe it wasn't intended to actually come out like that but by people doing their job as well as they're willing to or as well as they're told to or as well as they think is important um, the net effect is there ends up being lots of communities that are incredibly underserved um, although I imagine there's also plenty of bigger cities and suburbs with with a lot of fairly well-off people where these same services are running in an incredibly professional and accountable, accountable matter, manner, causing everybody to think, oh, that's that's just the way it is. It's all straight. Um, but I know that in the in the ways that I've encountered it, um, it's it's been um, a poverty pimping situation. You you have um, people that are happy and you see them going in the bars every night and you see them going to all the fundraiser events and um and then when they go to work on monday morning they're sitting there in their little office taking kids away and forcing parents around in these circles and if you want to try to work your way out of it at what point in your week are you supposed to apply or show up to said work if you can find or find it when your entire runaround is just full and and of course, with all those hours a week spent in the programs, at what point are you um, parenting? And of course, all these things come with childcare where you're encouraged and sometimes required to leave your child with someone that you do not know in the company of all these other kids, all these other um, children that are assigned to all these other cases that you're in classes with. And so here's another place where the state or a contractor of the state has physical custody of your kids, even be it for an hour at a time. And they're literally just physically walking in, taking the part of the family that they find valuable and taking the rest of the family and saying, you got to pay for this. It, build a wall, make Mexico pay for it. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it it's, it's almost like the, the personal... Um, you know, metaphor that I, I, I didn't pre-think that at all, but um, I'm not trying to bring politics into it at all. <laughs> well, this highlights the whole coercive aspect of government and the system is 
it's not really a right to tell someone they have to do something when uh, when that person isn't hurting anyone else or, and they're just minding their own business. And especially legally when you do not have to do the things that you do. Um, th- this, this video that I watched, this one 51-minute long transformational video where I saw all the steps, in, not only in my adult experience of this, but in my childhood experience of it as well, that, yeah, that is the set of steps that were played out. Same as with everybody. Um, and the, But some parents were more craftier, knew what was going on, and fought back better. There was one guy that they showed in his home, um, and he's surrounded by policemen and one CPS worker, and, uh, and he's being told by all of them, this is a warrant. This judge has said to come and pick up these kids. Well, what it turns out is that he was holding in his hand a piece of mass-produced, copied literature that on the very top of it said, this is not a warrant, had no signature on it, and the CPS worker was like, well, there's this judge, and I think his name is, (laughs) that has... Um, authorized this entire program and this piece of paper is notice of that. No, that's not how a warrant works. Cops and, and agencies can walk into poor people's homes and say that's how it works and because of the enforced um, detriment of education, they can get away with it a lot. Uh, how is anyone supposed to know whether or not that's how it works? I mean, nobody has time to sit here and research 100 million laws and, and how everything is supposed to work, especially when you're supposed to go to your regular job to get this fake money that they can print infinity of. It's, it's just totally ridiculous. I mean, when you've got an army of a small gang, you know, task force of cops and the CPS Nazi in your house, the last thing you're going to be thinking about is like, oh, what is on that piece of paper that she's holding? When when you're totally intimidated with armed thugs saying they're going to take your kids, it's not like anybody, even if they did have some sort of knowledge on this, it's still, like, they're just... They're just totally in just intimidation and then theft. And, and so, yeah, essentially what they, what they did is they got my signature um, based on my very strong intention to have my kids not suffer, and they used that signature to prove my negligence. Yeah, that's what they, that's uh, one of their tricks is like, how is anyone supposed to do anything about that, right? Like, what do you even do when they start trying to get you to sign shit and and what if they just decide they're going to beat you up for not signing it you know they have these gang member armed thugs with tasers and shit and pepper spray and if you just don't cooperate and don't do anything they say then what are they going to do you don't even know it's it's just a total physical and psychological attack and uh, i i i know that i know that there are neighborhoods in america where children um grow up with a very straightforward teaching about what to do about um, the government and legal entities, and that is run. Um, and I resisted teaching my kids that because I, I, I felt like that would be a, a counterproductive um, strategy in a society that sees flight as guilt. Um, yeah, that's part of their program is if they see somebody run from them, even even if they have no probable cause or, a, or no reason to investigate that person, I mean, if they see somebody running away, then their programming tells them, oh, well, now that person's a criminal, and now I, now I do have probable cause and a reason to go rough him up and then take him into court. 
and get him in the system. It's like total. It's a total just eugenics, and it's all based on money. And they they do target uh, the lower lower classes and like poor people always get fucked over way harder on every issue, whether it's pl- police brutality or CPS abuse or anything. Essentially, I I mean I the the, the big picture is and and this is not the the only this is not the only place. I mean, the, you know the the military and the prisons and and uh, at add them all up and what you have is basically a genocide against everybody that's not this one freaking yeah. aqualine Cult. nose European ruling class. Yeah, I mean, exactly <laughs> what it is. If you're not uh, the owner of some company or at least a useful slave or you're not in the military or the police and you're not uh, in the in this big gang. It's all it is is a gigantic cult. Oh, if if you are in the military or the police, you're not in the gang. If you're a yeah, CPS you're worker, right. you're not in the gang. You're the, you're their you're, lowest you're the level stooge. That's that, right. You're somebody that they keep in fear so that you will walk around and do their dirty work. So that when somebody gets pissed off and shoots somebody, it's you and not them. That's exactly right. That's how they avoid the karma of actually taking other people's rights themselves. They just get a bunch of stupid. Uh, robotic fearful gang members to do it for them and uh jay parker says it well he says like trying to get the lower level henchmen out of the gang he says well you know you're drinking the fluoride water and you're breathing in the chemtrails and you're eating all the poisonous food and you're on the stupid money system just like the rest of us so what are you doing helping them do this you think they're gonna not throw you under the bus at the very end once they get rid of all of the poor people who are they going to come after next and Right now, you're useful to them, but at some point, they're just going to be like, "Well, those we now that we got rid of who we want to get rid of, now it's your turn." <laughs> and I, I saw this. Uh, you know, it's pretty pretty tense. I feel like climate all around. Um, stories today, all the all the right wing thinks that they're getting their guns taken away right now. The NRA has actually published a paper in support of um, certain angles of fully automatic. Um, and um, big magazines and stuff like that, but uh, um, which they've never been willing to do in their existence. Um, that's today. Um, and the liberals are all freaked out because um, I, I can't remember what... what <laughs> I, it's hard to keep all these issues straight, um, but... Um, I'm sure it's a big clusterfuck, whatever's happening. Yeah. Um, so this morning I saw, and, and we're talking about how the low level workers in the agencies really keep the system alive. And if they would stop doing that, the, the higher ups would not be able to fill those positions. Um, but not only those who are working in the system, but those who are protesting against the system, and, and, and this is based on no research whatsoever, but one meme of a picture that I saw, you know, right before we started this. Um, and, you know, later on, I, I may track it down and see what people are writing about it. But the, the picture was the oligarch standing on a plank 10 feet away from the edge of a cliff out in midair, and a gang of protesters against him providing the counterweight on that plank keeping him from falling off yeah i mean that's a good point and a lot of these uh protests are actually completely media manipulated 
anyway. Like they, the media tells people what they're supposed to think and what they're supposed to be angry about, and then people, because they pay so much attention to mainstream media, they go out and obey what the TV's telling them. They're like, oh, well, now we're supposed to be angry about uh, black trans trans people in the military, and now now we're supposed to be angry about whether or not guns are going to be taken away, and now we're supposed to be angry about this and that, and then you'll see protests. Like in Springfield, like Donald Trump was a big one. Uh, now we're supposed to be angry about Donald Trump and you know, how he's going to go into uh, turn America into, I don't know, whatever the liberals thought was going to happen. But it's like they just obey the TV and then go and then have useless protests when they're not getting down to the root causal factors or really the core issues here. And then the police will show up and, and be the security, right, and feel like they're doing their job and that they're enabling free speech when it's like, the people protesting these government things don't realize that the police are their foot soldiers and that um it's like um I, yeah you know i the the catalonian referendum um one of the major one of the major descriptive textures of the the story that day um, had to do with Spain sending police from within Catalonia, I think, and also from the rest of the country to lots and lots and lots of polling places, and a few of them got really violent um, at, to the degree at one point that lots of local firemen actually formed a barrier in between the cops and the public so that the firemen in their heavy fire protective suits are actually taking the the beating of these batons rather than having that go to the heads of the elderly and and not um physically trained voters that they kept calling them protesters but they showed up to vote nobody <laughs> i mean even that is just obeying what the system demands the system wants you voting so that they can so that you'll feel like that you're doing your job as a citizen like that's all a role they they created for you to play and 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 from the beginning of that day before that day of atrocity against democracy played out it was already committed and known that the united states and the eu were fully in support of Spain's actions. Oh, of course they were. <laughs> Why wouldn't they be? That and be then the very next day we have this, and I was, I was so hopeful. Oh, look, maybe, maybe we're actually going to have a d dialogue about what democracy means in America now. Didn't get that chance. Well, I turned the radio on on accident for about two minutes today, and uh, it was on some Glenn Beck. Uh, the local radio, for some reason, has Glenn Beck on. And it, he was like, yeah, the topic was uh, whether or not, I mean, they, the framed conversation and Glenn Beck has a job only because he does what, well what, at presenting what, what, the controlled opposition here. But the, the framed argument and there was a call in person feeding into it by asking, you know, the questions that the system wants people to ask he, or saying what the system wants. Although I will give the call in, caller in credit because he did say that the purpose of the Second Amendment was to defend primarily against government but then he went back into the programming saying when that's why we need assault rifles is because the military has assault rifles and we need to be able to defend <laughs> against them and it's like and then glenn beck sort of fed into that and, and he would say the counter argument to that is that the military is overpowered anyway and that assault rifles aren't really going to do anything against their bigger guns and they never get to the core issue here which is inequality in rights 
saying that the military is allowed to have one set of weapons and and one set of morals applies to military people. And but they, you you also realize not only are these heavy heavy weapons that are outside of of the consumer laws that they're talking about. Not only is that owned by the military, but the military's given free reign to give their excess stuff away and probably design and manufacture stuff fresh for the police forces, for the sheriffs, for the um, parks department, for CPS, for um, all of the government agencies of almost every stripe have an enforcement department now, which never used to be the case. I mean, the... This is literally not in any way, shape, or form the country that all of the people believed that they were supporting when they became adults that live here now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, they did this slowly over the course of a century or more. They just... It's, it's been... I, it looks like it's been standard practice for centuries, but the 20th century, we learned how to do everything laser precise, including corruption. Well, with the TV and all of the media helped. So what they do is they, they just shape and form public opinion, and they slowly lead people down these controlled opposition, like roles that the, that the citizen slaves are supposed to play, and then they count, they, they think in terms of like centuries. So they'll be like, yeah, and once this generation's gone, then the next generation won't remember anything about what it was like in the 1800s, and we can just make sure that they never learn anything about that by giving them fake... Uh, TV shows about like country westerns and then say oh that's how it was back then and aren't you glad that we updated everything and that now we have uh, and, and then and then the stuff that Congress does you know anything that's ever going to have a lasting impact of more than like three years is 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 either just a goal or a prohibition um, everything else that they only they only let our freaking makers of law have such a short time span whereas the invisible rulers reserve for themselves the omniscient position the omnipotent position um structurally organizationally um and and if you've ever played the game of risk you know you understand that especially if you're willing to move some pieces around when your opponent's not looking and it, it's it's very easy to get in a solidly dominating position um, where you can't be beat, and 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 if you wanna and if you wanna play silly and your opponents are stupid, you can even keep them there all night long by not killing them off. Okay. Yeah, that's all. That's right where we are. We're in a chess game, and for some reason, everyone was just playing around, not not paying attention to the board for their whole life, and now here we are, and it's almost checkmate, and there's like no way out, except I mean it. It's not that bad because a chess is a one person versus one person. And well, yeah. that was why I brought up risk. But it's a, it's an allegory. Is <laughs> yeah, some people can make it out, but uh, if you're not paying attention to what's going on and you have no idea how bad it is right now, you're just you're fucking up because uh, they're they're locking they're putting more and more locks on more and more doors every single day. And if you're not working to get yourself somehow. Uh, at least aware of these locks so you don't fall right into the traps that they are have set everywhere like it's just uh like the traps for example the pharmaceuticals that they get everyone on and then the public school that just ruins every oh, all the kids a lives abs absolutely and and when people's uh when people's criminal cases and um um can be swayed one direction or another based on an affidavit that they are taking a pharmaceutical drug 
that that it has limit um, or or that a child will be admitted or not admitted to classes based on whether they are taking a pharmaceutical drug um and i and i don't know how it is today but i know in in very recent years the actual guidelines used by doctors um prescribing this stuff is that they were giving they were giving elementary school teachers the final diagnostic call. Yeah, that's elementary school that. teachers are not trained, do not have the understanding in no way, shape or form or are, have the ability to make medical decisions about the kids in their, in their and, and classrooms. Like, why would kids need to go to school anyway if it wasn't for the entire economy totally enslaving their parents and keeping their parents on a hamster wheel? Like they wouldn't have to have their kids yeah, on a hamster wheel. Yeah, 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 it's it, totally you ever useless. wonder? You ever wonder why free public school and the industrial revolution came along at exactly the same time? It's divide and conquer. Take all the kids this way. Take all the parents that way. I mean, um, what a better divide and conquer. I mean, that's just like a, what perfectly fits in with their whole to kill off the entire human race and turn the planet into some sort of, uh, I don't know what they're trying to yeah, do. Yeah, well, you place, know, I've, I've seen, uh, and I just started to embrace the weird internet. I think I said yesterday, like nine or ten months ago, somebody um, c convinced me that it was worth studying what astrology um, has meant for, you know, as long as we have records of it. And, uh, and so I started poking into... Um, sites and topics that I hadn't really done before, and I got a lot of collateral um, <laughs> learning done from that as well. Um, but what was the topic that <laughs> I, 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 mean, I don't know? It doesn't matter. It it, it really doesn't matter. I we, mean, I I was about to say something, but bottom line is I I'm feeling pretty lighthearted, and that's good. Um, and rambling. That's good. I mean, it's uh, good to get it out of your system. Like I said, I'm glad that you can feel uh, somewhat lighthearted in, in light of all of this crazy stuff happening to you. I mean, it's good to get a break from all that, at least for a little while. But. Yeah, I mean, th there's definitely definitely some work in front of me because just because I've had an, in, an inner transformation or feel like I might have had an inner transformation, that doesn't mean the world's going to treat me any different. I've got to go out and prove stuff if if stuff's going to change for me and like i you know i i feel like a lot of the most important part of that's already happened you know i've talked to my wife about it i've talked to my boss about it i've talked to my uh collaborative partners about it and um and, and so i i feel like much more of a healthy person and uh and if i am somehow or another just deceiving myself into a position where somebody can do something stupid with me um I I I, I want to be able to see stuff like that coming, but I also don't want to live in fear of it. Um, and it, it seems like at this point they'd have to dig really deep, because um, you know secure secure people are a lot harder to push around. I mean, it's, it's especially if if you have if you don't even know how many miles you you're gonna have to go to be able to get next meal into your family. Or whatever, um, and that momentary concern is 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 on you. Then that's I, I feel like that's like an largely unspoken subtext of the um, 
um, racial uh, violence from cops. Is, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm part black myself. You know, I, I, I don't claim membership in a black community. You know what my voice sounds like. I know how I was raised and, and whatnot. Um, but, and I'm not trying to lay down any stereotypes, but it's, it, I, I think it is a, a true impression that a much larger population of minorities in general are going to be closely packed in the poorer parts of pretty much any American city. And um, cops work different neighborhoods of the city, and the ones that go into that neighborhood are going to often be the most reactionary. Um, although some, in some locations, that's exactly the opposite. They get super tolerant people to... But, but, the, but the families living in those places, and especially the, the lower end of the poverty, the individuals that are less plugged in than everybody else, um, can be suffering from things like hunger. And, and they want to they say it's drugs first. And, and I'm not saying people don't. Yeah, people do. Everybody knows how many people do drugs. <laughs> um, but, um, but, but that's... They want to put it on the news like, like, oh, well, these, these uh, communities of color are um, just absolutely swamped with all this, um, you know, intoxicated everywhere you go. And you just get, well, it's been proven years and years and years ago that, that that stuff actually doesn't break down on racial barriers. It pretty much breaks down on financial empowerment barriers more than anything. The more money you have, the more kinds of drugs you're able to try. Um, and... <laughs> Um, but your chances of finding something that will kill you or control your life is pretty much equal no matter where you are. Yeah, this brings up part of the subconscious programming that Americans have. They, they, the programming tells them that if anybody can't survive and make it in this system, well, then it's that person's fault, and nobody should have any sympathy over anybody who can't figure out life in this system because, after all, this system is really fair, and if, and we're very grateful to have this system because it somehow enables all of us to, to live out our lives and have uh, productive jobs and feed each other. And, and in, this is the programming, but it's just completely backwards. And, you know, and, and I mean, I, I've definitely lived in, in conditions where, you know, if, if I if, if I um, find that I, that's really the, the the thing I'm trying to say is that you have a certain amount of money and you're living in life trying to pay your bills and let's say you come up $60 short one time and you last month I had exactly enough money to do everything I needed to do and this month I have $60 less that $60 less could translate into three days of not eating if if you pay all your other bills and uh, you know a person that's not used to doing that can look and act quite crazy simply from hunger and the cops are are gonna say well that's that's hostile that's aggressive we're gonna shoot them and ask questions later and lots of people have lost loved ones yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do that they do it all the time and, and uh... it's not necessarily because of a moral deficiency it's because of a policy decision yeah, and um, the police are the ones enforcing the economy. Like, they're causing so much problems just by enforcing a completely rigged money system onto everybody. Like, that's that. See, people can't connect the dots that this, this goes back to the cops again, is because uh, the entire economy that everyone obeys and, and some people worship 
is uh, enforced ultimately by police and other law enforcement. Yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, I, I feel like um, um, poverty and greed are, in essence, two sides of the same coin. Um, and I, I don't think people benefit largely on either side of it. You know, it's, it's your bureaucrats and middle managers and invisible overseers that are the ones that are benefiting. But uh, as how I equate poverty and greed is um, basically like this. You've got some people that have more ability to provide, some people that have less ability to provide. In the middle, you've got the cops and the citizen patrol that are looking down our noses at each other and judging each other and including and not including people because they f whatever um, basically all boils down to um, if, if you're poor, the, the cards are stacked against you. And that has to be. That has to be because most people are always going to be median people. If you walk into if you walk into any setting and you go, eighty percent of these people are going to have fairly equivalent status to each other. That they don't want a society like that. So what you got to do is you got to take a good thirty, forty percent of them at least, and just absolutely shit on them, be cruel to them, make them live in horrible situations, make them sit on freaking the stuff that you threw away last year that's got tax sticking up through it, and whatever, and 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 be mean to them. Be mean to them when you run into them in public. Make jokes about them and spit at them while you're walking to your car. And, and if it weren't for being cruel to poor people and, and homeless people especially and, and, and crazy people and vets, and pardon me if, if you're in the mental illness community that thinks the word crazy is, is bad, but I'm old and that's the word they taught me that means that one. So um, <laughs> um, the, the, the point is when you're, when you're cruel to marginalized people, what you do is you slightly radicalize the middle to become more greedy. Oh, look, we really, really, really have to follow this moving up policy so that we don't end up like that. That's exactly right. Is the, I guess, yeah, they got to have that lower class just to keep the middle class in line so that you know, it's like, well, you, you got to get a job for the system, and it doesn't matter. Forty, fifty percent of the middle class would not go to work tomorrow if they weren't afraid. That's exactly right. Of, of, of ending up fucking homeless. And, and so, and, and, and it's not even. The, I, I, I personally lived homeless by choice. Uh, you know, for a time or two. It, it's, it's, and, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that would rather have the freedom and the self determination of being able to provide for yourself. Um, I mean, you can, you can grow your own food, you can have livestock, you can meet a single property owner and say, hey, you mind if I pitch a tent over here and grow a garden? And you can do that a whole lot cheaper than keeping a car and going to work. And, um, and, a, and a lot of people, not a lot, but, but some people choose that kind of thing. It's not being homeless that hurts. It's being ostracized and kicked around that hurts. And so they have to come together and... And then the general public has said, well, the, all of that just means homelessness. Yeah, and as if it's some sort of mysterious problem that, has no, that nobody can really pin down the solution to when really you just read a few books and, like, the solution is just for people as a whole to withdraw their consent from the system and their support for the system and and, their, and, their and, and, and to, to a it. certain possibility. And like I said, I, I, I need to see what people are saying about this, see if there's any, you know, like... Um, meaningful research behind it, 
but I'm, I, there's a strong possibility that withdrawing your dissent is equally as important. Yeah, especially when it comes to like uh, useless dissent that is just fucking not accomplishing anything. Oh, absolutely. If, 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 if you're on a platform to just repeat the same thing for years and years and years and have nobody respond to it, stop. Yeah, stop <laughs> doing that. I mean, there's, there's better things to do. I try getting down to the root causal factors and then maybe spreading awareness about those factors. That would be much, much more productive than staying on the surface level where everything doesn't, you know, it's all just pieces of a puzzle that are all jumbled up and nobody knows how it all fits together. And all you know is that the group that you're into is cares about this issue and then this other group cares about this issue and then this group cares about in the fed and that group cares about homeless and that cares about and it's like why don't we all come together and find the actual causal factors that uh, are causing all of these problems because a lot of it is the same mentality coming back and manifesting itself in a million different ways like cps is one manifestation of this and then you have corrupt courts as another manifestation then you have international bankers as another manifestation then yeah. you now there's this uh there's this tradition you know that um a lot of people myself included um have followed and that's the idea of oh i feel strongly about a thing Therefore, I should try to change it. Therefore, I should make a geographic move and plug in to um, an existing, you know, protest, action, um, movement, whatever. Um, and I feel like that is very often a wrong choice. The, um, the net result of that kind of choice ends up being that you have corporate protests that were really um, tightly um, d tightly packed and tightly controlled large numbers of good passionate people completely ineffective it, it, it's like a false flag protest it's like a naive, um, naive thing the perfect example would be uh, the Susan K Foundation breast cancer walks like walk for cancer and uh, this is just a corporate setup telling the citizens, yeah, if you care about cancer and if someone you knew died from, died from cancer or chemotherapy or all the, the drugs that the doctors gave them, well, you just go and join the Susan K. whatever so, breast I, cancer thing and walk around in circles and give us money. And we're, we're only going to spend 1% of it on actual <laughs> research. But. Well, the, I, I think the March of Dimes is, you know, a, a big one. I think probably goes back to the 40s or 50s, maybe in World War One or two, But... Um, but that, that's exactly what their thing was. March of Dimes. Get a bunch of pe people together. Oh, you want to you wanna support our movement? You don't have any money? Well, just walk around the block and get somebody to, to, to give you money for doing that. Um, and look at, look at the modern charity infrastructure that we have that's based on a century of practicing that. Um, and and <laughs> so I, I've taken this whole subset of behavior and said that's, that's all bad, and yet... There's people that are really understand that things need to change, really desperately want to give of themselves effectively to get that change to happen. And, and I would say the simple, easy thing is rather than look out in the world around you for where there are growing movements that might invite you or might line up with your thinking, look around your neighborhood, look around your family, look around your existing friends and see if you can find passions that are actionable in local and legal and and community bonding ways 
and let that thing grow until you become uh, and, and gain skills. Gain skills that are based on overcoming your problem and gain sk those skills together. And then before too long, you've got this tight-knit community that really can't be infiltrated be <laughs> because they're like, oh, you say you're us, huh? And you're surrounded by a room of people that have been there for five years and this guy's walked in t five minutes ago. Oh, really? Um, and so could you... Please go ahead. Tell t tell us what's up. We're all here to listen. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's a good scenario. That it, yeah, this is a good point. It definitely starts with just the individual. Like, I have my own worldly duties every day, just everyday things. That if I don't do those things, then I'm never going to end up with all of these big grandiose ideas of changing the world and getting all of these amazing things that I want to do long term. If I can't even every day wake up and just take care of normal things around the house. And then uh, maybe if it, whatever it is that day, it could be maybe apply for a job or just clean your house up or, you know, like this podcast, for example, you, you offered to do a podcast and then the spirit was like, well, what else are you doing right now? So I was just went and get it, get it done. Now it's done. And yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, I felt we both felt like there was a sense that we should do this again at some point. And I and I really kind of had a sense that we were going to try to apply some wisdom to. A, a timely topic after some time went by but because of the power of what went on for me since then and because of my desire that some amount of documenting um, my moment in transformation might eventually be valuable <laughs> to, to the world I'm like well this is the stuff I'm here to record if I'm gonna that's how, do that's how it works man you, you did it just right I yeah, if anything, it helped with me, you know, gain awareness and and touch my heart and stuff like that. So yeah, I, and I think that's it. That's what it's about: is awareness. Um, awareness breeds awareness, and you know, I, like I say, I, I, this a lot of this revolves around some stuff I saw on YouTube. And here's some people who did whatever kind of transformation that they did, and the people that are keeping the channel together. And I don't know everything that that's involved in that. But the end product is sitting in my studio apartment with my laptop. I'm able to have a transformational experience by experiencing communication that came from, you know, someplace that I wouldn't have been able to meet people. That is how it works. That's why I, I do stay motivated to continue putting out podcasts, even if I'm not sure who's listening or if very many people are listening or not. I just do it anyway because I know that's one of the solutions to uh, the world's problems is for people to talk about them and at least make the event make the ev information available. And when you learn something, you know, repeating it to others and like whenever I meet people. If it's a new person, I'll just tell them, hey, I, I do a podcast and uh, you should listen to it because I Well, it, it, it worked. That's what you said when you met me and the day I felt like I had something to say, I gave you a call. Oh, yeah, it did work, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that was very unexpected. I, I actually forgot that I told you I had a podcast, but I sort of – I broadcast that so it makes sense. But I'm glad, I'm glad you hit me up, though, to help, the, help it grow and get some new perspectives because uh, – the more people that really put a hand in and take responsibility over their own personal life first, like you can't fix the All world right. without being responsible, even just in normal things. So, yeah, and, and so I, I guess, you know, in, in the idea of putting this on the internet, hoping that maybe somebody somewhere will listen to it and benefit from it. Um, you know, I, 
on the angle of personal responsibility and in the moment of life of great transformations and external strife and and whatnot it feels to me like my health imperative at this moment is to keep my balance don't think I'm gonna do things different don't rearrange my house don't change my diet um, just wake up tomorrow and continue to live life as I am and if it's true that there's any kind of internal changes or insights that are valuable in how I'm gonna live my life that will play out as time goes by I don't have to sit here and go oh look everything's changing now I have to sit here and replan my life no my, my life's been planned now I get to continue to live it hopefully without that curse over my head so that I'll be able to succeed rather than just struggle that's good yeah it, it's sort of an evolution not an instant revolution a lot of times and uh, part part of it is not falling for the traps that you know are there just the everyday traps whether it's eating bad food or whatever it is whatever it is that you're currently working on you know the things that have been getting to you just the little ones and ta doing a little bit better at those little ones every day adds up to a lot over time and that's sort of what I've been focusing on a lot yeah, that pr progressiveness is absolutely important. That's the one change that should be made regularly. Very tiny changes of incremental, a little bit better for yourself in the things that you're changing. And that way, over the long run, it still feels like balance. It, you're doing the same things every day, and the end product is, as time goes by, you get healthier and healthier. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we're done for today. Oh, cool. What do you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you want to keep going? I'm, I'm, I'm I, 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 I'm feeling pretty unfocused. Use the bathroom. Okay, cool. Sweet. We'll just wrap it up. So everybody uh, wish just some good luck and uh, send him some good energy. I know he appreciates it. Thanks. <laughs> good to talk to you, Jess. Very good insights.